We need a lot of things, but all in God's timing, we will we will get those things. So they will come. That's for sure. Right, right. No, I just went ahead and started recording. So, but uh, yeah, no. Hopefully, here pretty soon, I'll get us some Undaunted Pursuit swag. You know it. Swag. Everybody wants some Undaunted Pursuit swag. We'll do some. Maybe we'll do like some. Uh, uh, some some freebies we'll hand out to some people for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Well, it's like one of the other podcasts I, I listen to. Heck they're, uh, huh? Oh, growing, growing the beard out a little bit. Starting to grow it out. Take some time. But it's That's good. Back. I know you need to, it. you can grow it. You can grow a sick beard. I could Just take some time. It'll be nice and thick. Heck yeah. Yeah, old marshmallow. So we're just uh we're just waiting on Brody to uh get on here and uh so we're we're going to wait for him to get on here. We have a special guest today and uh, when we come back we'll have our special guest and we'll let you guys know. We'll introduce him when we get him back on the show. But until then, let's uh, get this thing started. What do you say, Marshall? Sounds good to me. Fearless. Chase. Bold. Following. Courageous. Search. I'm Aaron. And I'm Marshall. And this is Undaunted Pursuit. Hey, how's it going? Going all right. How are you guys? Good. 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 Doing, Sorry. Sorry, I was running a little running a little late today. No sweat. It happened. <laughs> but no, we were just doing a little uh uh intro before you came on. And so we were just recording that. So yeah. Can you hear us okay? I got you fine. Good. Good. Good deal. Well, I'm Aaron, by the way, and this is Marshall. How's it going? Nice to meet you guys virtually at least. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully right? one day I, we I can, wished it was in person. Yeah, hopefully one day we can change that. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. In person it'd be great. We make it into Texas. Make sure and look me up. Oh heck yeah. Well, hey guys, welcome back to Undaunted Pursuit Podcast. Um, we've got a very special guest, a pretty awesome ministry that we're gonna be talking with. Uh executive director of Blast and Cast Ministries, Brody Cooper. Brody. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me on. We are more than happy to have you on here. Except, you know, because I love the outdoors and what you're doing is is pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Well, I think we all love the outdoors. So the chance to combine that with our faith and the uh, reach outdoorsmen with the gospel in a unique way, it's it's a pretty special opportunity. And to get to live it out every day, this is a, it's a great privilege. I'm, I'm beyond blessed. Definitely. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Brody, where are you from? Uh, you said you you had mentioned Texas. Um, is that your home base? I live in Baytown, Texas, which is just east of Houston. So uh, that's kind of home base. Uh, I guess wherever I am is is the home base for Blasting Cast. But <laughs> we have a really big presence here on the Texas coast because that's where it's it was started. But we have a strong presence in the Dallas Fort Worth area. We have chapters in Lubbock and in East Texas. We have a chapter in South Louisiana and then a chapter in northern New Mexico that kind of covers northern New Mexico and southern Colorado. Boy, getting bigger. It's growing. That's good. I'm trying. It's growing. <laughs> not too far away That's from awesome. where I'm at. I'm over here in Wichita Falls, so I'm not too far from you guys. Well, then we have a place for you to plug in. Sounds good. You know, we were just talking on the phone earlier, Brody, that... Um, so we have up here in Idaho, we have a sandhill crane season mm -hmm. and we were just talking. Have you ever ate those? Oh, they're amazing. Are they? Uh, I <laughs> I've never had them. It, it's, it's probably the best eating game bird there is for a, you know, waterfowl. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I, I was telling Marshall, I need to hunt them next year because they're, they're over the counter in some of the zones here mm -hmm. and uh, especially Southern Idaho. 
And uh, I was like, oh, man, I've always heard that they're just phenomenal. Yeah, they earned that ribeye of the sky moniker <laughs> for a reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it really is that good. It's uh, it's something equivalent to the backstrap off a deer. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Man, that makes me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shoot, Brody! Tell us a tell us a little about a little bit about yourself and how did Blasting Cast Men's Ministry? How was that born? Well, uh, I can share a quick version of my testimony and then lead into to Blasting Cast. So, Let's I, rock it. I I'm 43 years old now. I have been married for almost 21 years now. I've got a 20 year old boy and a 17-year-old girl, so I feel like an old person now, although <laughs> I don't think I'm really that old. I just, my kids make nah. me feel old. So um, I'm a diehard outdoorsman, and I always have been. I was raised mm-hmm. outside, and it's just something that always clicked for me. You know how there, there are some people who like to go hunting and fishing, and then there are outdoorsmen. There, there are people mm-hmm. who are hunters and are fishermen. They don't just enjoy mm-hmm. it. It just, it's like a, it's a heart language. It's something that the Lord built into who I am as a person. Exactly. And the yeah. outdoors, it just clicks for me. I can go to a different state, different, different place. And you give me a chance to hunt or fish and I'll figure it out really quickly. It's just always clicked. And, yep. uh, so I, I grew up in the outdoors, grew up fishing and, hopping barbed wire fences and sneaking into (laughs) farm ponds before I could drive or drive into the coast once I got a license. I uh, grew up in a very poor family. So the uh, outdoors was a way to put meat on the table. It meant something besides macaroni and cheese and beans on the table. Shoot, it still is in our family. (laughs) Absolutely. That's how we eat. That's where we get all of our meat from. Which always goes good with everything, that's for sure. We pretty much eat venison. My daughter will tell you to this day that she does not like cow meat. She yep. doesn't really? call it beef. She calls it cow meat. She wants venison. <laughs> so yeah. um, it, that was who we were growing up. Um, I was raised in a, a church that was more like a country club than a church. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it never really resonated with me. And particularly because my dad never went to church growing up. My, gotcha. my mom just kind of drug us to church. And so I had a salvation experience when I was young. Yep. And I remember hearing the gospel and it resonating with me and getting baptized. But as I got into teenage years, the practices of the church just did not equate to the message that I had heard Mm -hmm, growing mm -hmm. up. And all I got were the basic Sunday school uh, lessons. And that was about it. So as I got into my teenage years, I just saw hypocrisy and I saw the way we were poor and going to basically a country club. I saw the way my mom was treated And also saw that my dad didn't think it was important enough to go to church. And so Mm -hmm. I quit going as soon as I was old enough to make that decision for myself. And as a teenager, I had a a long search for meaning and purpose in life. And I was pretty, I was good at everything, but not great at anything. If that makes sense. Jack of all trades kind. Makes perfect sense to me. I'm the same way. So no matter what road I tried, I always found dead ends. There was there was always someone better. There was always uh, a physical or emotional limitation. There was always hurt at the end of it. And I just got to a place of really hopelessness. And between my junior and senior year of high school, I was pretty distraught. I mean, I was going through some very serious depression. To this to this day, I would say I still struggle with depressive and isolated tendencies. And, right. But as a teenager, you know, I didn't understand it. All I knew was I better hide this from everybody. And so yeah. I was suicidal. Uh, I can't tell you how many times mm. I was alone in a bathroom with a pistol. And uh, there was finally a time when I realized that I wasn't afraid to pull that trigger anymore. And that was when there was like this alarm bell that went off in my head that said something's really wrong here. And yeah. I prayed a really simple prayer there alone in a bathroom. I just prayed and I, and I told God that if he would save me from me, that I'd follow him no matter what. And that was it. I made a very simple promise to God and just, just asked him to save me from me. And, uh, the next day I asked a girl out on a date and she invited me to church and I kind (laughs) of went, Whoa, (laughs) what is this? And so I said, yes. And, and it was, um, it was a very different kind of church than I'd ever experienced. It was a little home church. So it was the right. exact opposite of a country club. And I remember going in there and just 
there was something in the way those people treated each other and the way they treated me that I had never seen before. Like the, the way they interacted, there was like a physical presence in the room that I couldn't explain. It's something I'd never experienced. And I remember sitting there and they were going verse by verse through the book of Ephesians, which I had a Bible with thumb tabs and I couldn't even find Ephesians. My date had to find it for me. (laughs) And, um, uh, but as they were going through the Bible, it was like the words on the page were just leaping off, off the page at me. And it was, it was literally, it was God's word coming to life right before my very eyes. And it was one of those kinds of studies where you might make one verse, a week, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that kind oh, yeah. of study. So it was really intense <laughs> and I was, I ate it up and the combination of seeing God's word come alive and seeing those mm-hmm. people genuinely love each other, like right. physically, emotionally, the way they supported each other, the way they accepted me as a person who they should have kind of kept yeah. on the outside. Cause I'm there to date somebody, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I left there knowing that I encountered something real and it was something I hadn't found. And uh, I stuck through to my commitment. God saved me That's from awesome. me, he found me something to chase that was real. And then interestingly enough, um, I, I had a real test that happened a couple of years later because when I was 20 years old, uh, my brother committed suicide and oh, wow. he, he was 18 years old. And mm-hmm. uh, the Lord reminded me of my promise uh, in a weak moment there uh, because I was now faced with, you know, I followed God to save me from me, but would I follow God in the worst of worst circumstances and what would happen as a result of following God? Mm -hmm. And um, I ended up speaking at my brother's funeral in front of thousands of people at the time. It was an incredibly Mm -hmm. large funeral. Pretty much the whole city was there, it felt like. And, uh, I trusted God and I just basically said what I felt like he was laying on my heart to say the fact that I Mm -hmm. got up there was a big deal. Um, Mm -hmm. and what I I saw more people accept Christ at my brother's funeral than I've seen in any one setting. Uh, and I've traveled the world doing missions now. Wow. So what I saw in that was that if I was willing to trust God and just follow him, just say what he told me to say in the worst of circumstances, that he was going to be faithful. Not only would he save me from me, he would fill me full of hope in a situation that seemed absolutely, utterly hopeless. Right. Uh, those people walked into that funeral looking like death warmed over, but mm-hmm. people left that funeral smiling and rejoicing mm-hmm. because they really saw God show up. And it was simply because I followed God. That was it. Right. All I did was yeah. just follow him and do what he told me to do. So that's, um, that was kind of my test. And it was like, all right, God, are you going to step up and make this hardship and this hurt and this death and this hopelessness worth it somehow? And yeah. I'm going to give you a shot. And I gave him a shot and he came through. I don't, there's, wow. that's the simplest way to say it in the, the shortest amount of time. Um, a wow. couple of years later, I went to China for a year as a missionary <laughs> and lived in China and learned how to do missions work. I was a campus leader for Campus Crusade for Christ through my college years. Yep. And when yep. I graduated, I'm an outdoorsman. And so I just kept sharing my faith. Uh, I never stopped. And that's really how Blasting Cast came about. It uh, started as a little men's retreat where a Baptist church wanted to take some guys out. And I was one of the guys that had a boat and knew how to duck hunt. So I was invited oh. to come help them. And a couple of years later, I was basically taking it over. Only we quit inviting people from church. We started inviting people off of web forums and stuff like that. And we were yeah. inviting people who had never come to church right. and uh, using volunteers to make it happen. And it turned into this big annual mission trip. And then before you know it, we have a waiting list with people that are not believers trying to sign up to come to this event that they know where they're going to hear the gospel and they know it's mm-hmm. basically like a mission trip. And then, um, you know, we finally got to a point where we were taking 50 people on this annual trip, but we had over a hundred people wow. on a waiting list for an opening and almost all of them were non-believers. And that didn't sit well with me because if it's a non-believer that wants me to share the gospel with them, I want to find a way to. And so exactly. We started duplicating it, started running two events a year. Then we started mixing in fishing events and one thing came another. Uh, it's, that was 
1999 was the first event. And then uh, I took over in 2002. Anyways, long, long and short of it is it just kept expanding and um, it ended up turning into a full-time gig down the road where uh, now we have all these chapters and a presence uh, throughout the, at least the South here. And we're looking at expanding soon. Hold on just a second, Brody. Sorry. No problem. Poor Marshall's getting left out, but I, I know still he is. see him. I, I still see him moving around and I can hear him. He just, just, I can hear him us. too. We can hold on just a second here. Oh, he says he doesn't see us. Uh, I'm texting him back and forth. No problem. <laughs> I understand. Well, that's weird. If y'all oh, technology, me, right? And see y'all. So <laughs> I don't know. I wonder if he logs y'all out. Might have to just keep on checking without me. I'll just sit here and look pretty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> let me hit. Let me hit that again. Okay. All right. So that's an awesome testimony, Brody. And uh, I. I'm about the same way. I've got a similar testimony. I. I got saved when I was real young, when I was seven seven years old, but going into my teenage years, I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily, um, following faithfully, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, there's Marshall back. I'm back. Sorry about that guy. That was weird. I lost Aaron <laughs> and then I lost Brody. And then I was like, what's going on? <laughs> but, uh, so anyway, yeah, no, that's awesome. I love how it's, uh, how it kind of correlates. That must be kind of an outdoorsy, because I've always been into the outdoors. I've always hunted. I uh, tournament fished for the longest time with a buddy of mine because I grew up right on the lake. And uh, me and Marshall fished a little bit, but we never hunted. And you said you brought up duck hunting, Brody, that I, I just the other day, uh, yesterday, went out and did a little jump. We went jumping birds yesterday. Got you. Well, <laughs> I don't know if that counts as duck hunting or not. Oh. Jumping on <laughs> Yeah. Uh, unless you get something to eat that way. But uh, when you uh, when you go putting out decoys and calling them and you watch them work the decoy and respond to a call and fool them and come in, there's there's something real special in that. Moment. I, I know it. I used to. It's been a long time since I duck hunted. And I used to. We used to go out and do all that. And then I just never got into it. I had too many hobbies. Like you said, I, I mm-hmm. like to do a little bit of everything. And so I always focused on the deer and the turkey and the fishing. And I never got into duck real hardcore. And then my buddy invited me yesterday. And here in Idaho, right now up here on the prairie where we're at, all the water is frozen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the the lake that's nearby is like an inch inch thick now so they've moved down to the river and really it's hard to hunt decoys on the river yeah well i i guess that's your fault for living that far north because me and cold <laughs> don't get along that well <laughs> i i can handle our hundred degree summers just fine yeah. they don't phase me a beat uh but uh there cold weather no that's that's my downfall yeah that's funny it was fun though i killed a widgeon very nice Beautiful birds. Yeah. I know it. I know it. Well, we'll go out as it gets a little colder, uh, hit that river a little bit and try and put a spread out. But anyway, so you've been you've been awfully busy here lately, haven't you? What you been doing? <laughs> we have been real. It's, it's been an interesting season. Uh, we really only have one fundraiser a year, and it's at the end of September, beginning of October, it's our big gala in Houston. So mm-hmm. that is probably our busiest time of the year is the the few weeks before and after mm-hmm. the gala. It's just a lot of work and trying to fund basically the whole year. Um, and then you're getting into hunting season. So it's blast and cast. So we have 12 yeah. months to do fishing events, but we only got about three months to do our hunting events. So, oh. uh, and I like to get some personal hunting in there too, while, while I can. Don't blame you. So we, we had our first youth hunt of the year, um, a couple of weeks ago. And then my son and I had a, a draw hunt for archery, uh, last week. And then I have a draw hunt for mule deer in New Mexico coming up next oh. week, later this week, actually. And, uh, in the middle of that, doing all the administrative work, getting ready for all of our hunting events and everything else. It's, uh, yeah, there's been a lot going on. And then some fun yeah. stuff uh, with, with my wife is, came up and we had a health scare with her and um, 
she probably should have died and God worked a miracle and that's all awesome. in the middle of that. She came through and wow. So there's been some personal stuff going on behind the scenes too. It's I wasn't, interesting I wasn't going to bring it up. I, I was going to let oh. you bring it up. I, <laughs> but I'm glad, I'm glad all is well now. Praise God. Yes. Praise God for that. Yeah. When you have the surgeon come to you and say that she cannot medically explain how someone is alive, uh, and we asked her, well, how is it even possible that she lived? And the surgeon looked at us and said, God, that, yeah. that God was the only rational explanation for oh, wow. how my wife is still alive today. Um, and it that happened on a Saturday afternoon, what should have Jeez. been a normal Saturday afternoon. So pretty amazing. Probably a story in and of itself that would take too long here, but I'm yeah. thankful. Thankful to Good. still have her. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. <laughs> So now when you do these hunts with Blast and Cast Ministry, are you guys hiring guides or what are you doing? Are you um, are you just facilitating it or are you actually going out boots on the ground? It's a good question. I do a little bit of everything. So and then we have a lot of events that I don't even show up for anymore. I can't possibly make them all. So sure. the the ministry is volunteer driven. We do not hire guides for our events. Uh, we try to keep all the events at a very low price point so that it's affordable mm. for anybody that wants to go. And then if for some reason someone still can't afford it, then we will typically scholarship them. You know, oh, that's cool. it's, it's the usual, listen, what can you afford to pay? Like honestly yeah. afford to pay. We'll find a way to make right. it work. Yeah. But for the most part, most of our three day events are somewhere between about 150 and 250 bucks a person. And that's to show up and that's all your lodging, all your meals, all Mm -hmm. your hunting and fishing for three days. Dang, that's awesome. It's insanely cheap. That's a good deal. And it's going to utilize, you know, guys like me that have a boat and kind of know what they're doing. We Mm -hmm. use them as volunteers to get out and go fishing or hunting. That's what makes the ministry work. And then our model for growth has revolved around volunteer leadership teams in these different chapters because even this is my full-time job now, but there's no way I can administer all the events that we're hosting everywhere in all these chapters. I can't even be there physically. So we're really dependent on volunteers to run. It'd be guys like y'all that just have a passion for the outdoors and want to use it to share your faith. Well, Mm -hmm. I can take care of the business stuff, the administration, the finances, the marketing, the website, sign up, the merchandise, branding, like uh, the fundraising, all those things behind the scenes that y'all don't have time for because you have a real job. Right. (laughs) If I can do all those things behind the scenes, then I can create the opportunity for you guys to do what you love, which is go hunting or fishing and tell people about Jesus. So I can create the opportunity for you guys to host an event in your area using volunteers that you know and reaching Uh people inside of your network that I can't possibly reach because I don't know them. Yeah. That's that's Man, what that's the a, model revolves yeah. around. That's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. So it is uh, technically up to um, whoever the volunteers are on what they want to go and pursue, whether it's, uh, you know, whatever, deer, uh, it's a fishing event, duck. I mean, around here we get, we have pheasants, we could do chucker hunting, you know. We do all limit. those, all, all of those. It really is. Uh, and the reason we want local leadership teams in those different chapters is because there are subtle cultural differences. You know, mm-hmm. a, a guy from the Texas coast trying to tell a guy in Idaho how to do ministry is is right. foolishness because things in <laughs> Idaho are going to work yeah. different than things in Texas. So you need guys on yep. the ground in Idaho to say, well, we can learn from what y'all did in Texas but mm-hmm. we're going to make some subtle adaptations either according to the needs of uh, the outdoors. You know, hunting sure. is a little different here than it is, it is there. But ministry and culture are a little different too and the way people relate to each other are a little different. Mm-hmm. So it's incumbent on the local volunteers to make those subtle changes that make a ministry really work. It's not this is not like I'm going to hand you a roadmap that is a 10-step list of how to do this. I expect you to lead and listen to the Lord and figure out how to do it. And if you're smart, then you'll probably come to Texas and check out an event and learn from some of our mistakes and try not to duplicate them. (laughs) Uh, But uh, it's totally reproducible and doable. You just have to have the leaders who are committed to it. And, and it really, it requires people who are, will make a multi-year commitment because 
you're not going to lead people to Jesus in an hour conversation. You need to nope. see them repeatedly over years yeah. and build a deep relationship with them so you can really figure out what makes them tick and what do they need? I mean, what do they need mm-hmm. to hear about? What do they need to see in you and in your character, your personality? So everything that we do is designed about around creating those relationships. And since that's outdoorsmen good. are outdoors, that's where we go. And, yeah. you know, in us outdoorsmen, we're not going to be very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Responsive to, um, you're not looking for a shoulder to cry on, you know, you need that. What a lot of guys are generally looking for is just some, somebody to hang out with, not, un, not judging or anything like that. And I, so I, that's why I think what you're doing is pretty awesome because it's creating, like you said, that community. You know, you'd be surprised how many outdoorsmen really need a shoulder to cry on. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, um, uh, people are, but so they don't want isolated. to admit it. No, they don't want to admit it. But people in our society, outdoorsmen and non outdoorsmen alike, we are so isolated. I mean, mm-hmm. we're connected in so many ways via social media oh, yeah. and everything. But the ways that we connect in modern society are so superficial. Like it, we're expected to pretend that everything's mm-hmm. okay all the time. And yeah. so the way yeah. to make sincere relationships is to get out and do what they love to do and let them be fake. Let them be whatever they want to project. But you don't be fake. You yeah. be transparent. Be authentic mm-hmm. in everything you do. And so if your wife almost dies in the hospital, talk about it. And talk yeah. about the flashbacks that you're dealing with and yeah. talk about the PTSD that you're dealing with and talk about the fact that you still have depressive tendencies even after you've been saved for 25 years or yep. 40, 40 years or whatever it is. Yep. Talk about how you deal with those real life problems. Talk about the, the issues that you actually have. Mm-hmm. And those guys who have been faking it for so many years and they desperately need to talk about the crap that they're dealing with all of a sudden when they see transparency and authenticity yeah. modeled for them, and then it's backed up by actually being respectable in what you do. Like you're an outdoorsman, doesn't mind getting your hands bloody and dirty yeah. and you can be normal, drink a beer with somebody and have fun yep. and let loose. Then all of a sudden it's like, well, maybe I can try being oh, yeah. authentic and real too. And the fact of the matter is I need to talk about to somebody about these issues and then they'll end up boohooing on your shoulder. I mean, yeah, but it's real (laughs) and it's, uh, it's pretty special when you have that breakthrough with somebody that just really needed to talk. Uh, and at the end of the weekend, after a lot of procrastination, they'll open up. Yeah. Well, you said it a lot better than I did. And I love it. I love the, 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 the honesty. And I love the fact that it's kind of like y'all are saying, you know, I think men in general, whether you're outdoorsmen or whether you're just, whether you're not an outdoorsman, men are so prideful and they're so afraid to show their emotions and their tears. And what you're doing here with Blast and Cast Ministries allows, especially men to really just open up and say, hey, this is what's going on in my life. And I absolutely love the down to earth, honest and just goodness of what you're doing here. And it kind of reminds me of the, of a ministry I'm a part of, which is called Celebrate Recovery. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same deal. You have people from all walks of life with all different types of addictions, um, coming to a ministry broken and, uh, trying to change their lives and see what God can do and trying to be open. And that's kind of from what I'm hearing is kind of what you, you allow people to do and you give that opportunity for people to do, which is amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. I, we have a lot more in common with ministries like Celebrate Recovery or Motorcycle Ministries or mm-hmm. uh, something along those lines than we do a church. Mm-hmm. We're, we're absolutely not a church. We're a missions organization. So, yeah. um, and what mm-hmm. what really makes us effective is our willingness to just be brutally honest and just be vulnerable and admit our admit yep. our own weaknesses and the junk that we deal with, because that's what people relate yeah. to. And then when you show them that, hey, Jesus mm-hmm. can relate to that brokenness and he came here to fix that brokenness, exactly. and he offers practical solutions that oh, yeah. actually work in day-to-day life, not just this hyper-spiritual yeah. unicorn land stuff that sometimes you hear in overly churchy services, <laughs> uh, you know, and sometimes feminized church services yeah. too. But yeah. 
practical solutions that actually yeah. work in everyday life and help you in, with your family and your job and your day to day. When they see that modeled, it's attractive. They they want it, and it, all you're doing is living like life like Jesus said to live life. Just follow yeah. him and do what he says, and talk to people yeah. about it. It's not overly complicated. Y'all's ministry and ministry like y'all's are, to me, in my opinion, are what the church truly is. You know, it's the feet on the ground, people being real. This is who we are. You know, going through the muck and the mire. Uh, this is this is life. This is the real human, not what you see in church and what you see on TV. Uh, I, I I love that. Yeah, for so many years, uh, Christianity in a whole has gotten a bad rap because of that. That you know the what looks hypocritical and and judgy, and it draws people away. And now, you know, you want to get into a community. That's what it was originally. Um, that that's what the church is supposed to be. It's just a group of people that supports each other. You know. With, of course, Jesus at the forefront. Absolutely. And we're we're not a local mm-hmm. church. We don't pretend to be a local church. We know that we can't fulfill all the functions of a local church because our guys are too spread out. You know, we're spread all over yeah. regions. Houston is an hour and a half away. So you can't possibly be the hands and feet <laughs> of Jesus for people that live hours away from you. Not all the time. There are times that you can't. You need people that live right there in your community, but we can be a bridge to the local church and, you know, we can help guys deal with those negative stereotypes and some issues from like I grew up with, you know, hypocritical country club church. I had to work through that. So I can certainly help guys work through those issues, but you know, people have been in church and gotten hurt and Mm -hmm. stepped on Mm -hmm. and seen bad examples of churches. We can help them work through that stuff just by, being authentic and real with our own experiences. And we can also help them see that, Hey, there are positive relationships with local churches also. And there are some local churches that are doing incredible work and where you can show up on Sunday morning and be very real. And Mm -hmm. uh, it is possible, but sometimes it takes a little work to find that church, but it's worth the work that it takes to find Mm -hmm. that church. And it's worth the commitment it takes to, be a church member. Yeah. Well, and that's the idea is to, yeah. you know, we're not, you know, we're talking a lot. It may sound like we're talking a lot against the church, but we're not necessarily. Mm-mm. Church is a good thing for that community as well. You know, this is a stepping stone to being able to build uh, relationships as you move forward in your walk, in your Christian walk. Yeah. I don't mind calling out bad churches. There's a well, lot of no, bad right. churches, you know, and if, if they can't hold their own biblically mm-hmm. and if they're, especially if they're not holding to the gospel, but if they're adding legalistic tendencies or superficial, you know, hypocritical tendencies on top of the gospel, then they need to be called out. They need to be criticized and that needs to be yep. okay. But the churches that are doing some really awesome work, they need to be complimented. They need to be drawn out and brought to the forefront also. So mm-hmm. I see it as two sides to that same coin. I'm willing to do both. It's just that right now in our culture, we have a lot of really bad churches that have done a lot of damage. So yep, it's on us as individuals a lot of times to get into the trenches with other individuals that have been hurt by the church and try to repair those wounds. Nice. So, Brody, yeah, where absolutely? What is what is your long term goal? What do you where do you see Blast and Cast Men's Ministry going in the future? Anywhere that outdoorsmen naturally gather, I'd like to be there. I want there to be a gospel presence there. Huh. It may not say Blast and Cast. I don't really care about that. The the branding right. and all that stuff is just a way to bring some unity and start conversations. You know, Blast and Cast logo is a conversation starter. Um, it's yeah. not about aspirations of building a brand or something like that. But what I see right now across the U.S. and, and in some sense the world, but we'll just go with the U.S. for now, is mm-hmm. that there's not a missional presence in most outdoor communities. I mean, right. There's a little bit in the Bible Belt, but their nope. their efforts are so outdated. They're still doing ministry like they were 40, 50 years ago. And our people have changed. And the Bible Belt is dying a slow death. Mm-hmm. Um and outside of the Bible Belt, there's pretty much no ministry presence in the outdoor community. And local churches, even the effective local churches, 
in the Bible Belt that I've come across, they don't really know how to handle outdoorsmen and especially don't know how to reach them because outdoorsmen don't like to go to church on Sunday. They like to right. be in a boat somewhere, you know, or yeah. a blind. <laughs> and so I think there's ways for us to partner with them and, and reach into those communities. It's a, it's a cultural effort. We view them as a subculture that mm-hmm. requires a particular outreach approach. Mm-hmm. So we want to be that bridge and anywhere there are outdoorsmen yeah. gathered together, we want to have a presence in that community and to have Heck a voice yeah. so that there's a gospel voice in all that community. Mm-hmm. It goes right along with every tongue, tribe, and nation. It, it's the same thing. We see outdoorsmen as a subculture. We have our own language. We have our own ethics. That's for sure. Our own morals, <laughs> mm-hmm. our own way of relating to each other. So it's going to take outdoorsmen to reach outdoorsmen. And we realize that, you know, any one church may only have two or three outdoorsmen in a bunch. Mm-hmm. So how is that church supposed to reach out into that community? We we can help them do that. We speak the language. That's awesome. Now, are you doing this? Are, are you doing this full time? This is my full time job for almost eight years now. Oh wow! And it's and it's year round. Are you guys doing events all year? I mean, because so it's, you said hunting season lasts. You know, of course, we all know if you're an outdoorsman, uh, you know, hunting only lasts so long. But you're you're doing fishing side too, then? Absolutely. If it's if it's outdoorsy, we can handle it. So. We have more stuff than I can possibly get to. I honestly, I can't keep up. The last about the last three or four years is has just been a whirlwind because we've grown so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get calls from other states all the time. Um, you know, we have six chapters in existence right now that that cover basically four states, but we're hoping to launch in Washington State and Arkansas and Florida really within a year, maybe two years at the most. Um, we just brought on my assistant, uh, my financial assistant to work full time because I just could not keep up with the administrative stuff. And then we're about to hire a full time regional director just to help because with the, uh, some of the chapters that we've started, it's just not possible to maintain all of those relationships and give them the support that they need on the ministry end. Um, on the administrative end, we we do great on that. Helping. Um, what we found the hardest time is, is finding leaders. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times our volunteers and, and our leaders are people who have churches have never given the opportunity to lead before. And so they're learning that they are called yeah. to lead, but they've never been trained how to lead. So right. we're just realizing we have to bring up some of our own people and train them how to lead. And that takes a lot of support to do that. We want to give them the support they need. So that's what a regional director is going to do. And hopefully that'll free me up to keep reaching new states and grow into states that don't have a ministry presence in their outdoor community. So that's awesome. Heck it just yeah. keeps growing. Like I can't keep up. I mean, it's constant 80 love plus it. hour work weeks. Well, that's a good thing. God is moving. Yeah, it is. Wow. It's a good thing mm-hmm. and a bad thing because it, yeah. and it gets very <laughs> difficult to manage the personal and professional and to not get burned out. Um, and so yeah. that's something I've been dealing with, especially mm-hmm. the last year and a half is mm-hmm. things like burnout and how do you stay passionate about what God's doing and calls you to, and with your work and it's yep. particularly in administrative stuff. Um, but um, so you have to get, you have to, you have to mind that balance and walk that line. You just got to do it or you, yeah. you won't have a lasting yeah. effort. Yeah. Absolutely. Something a little lighthearted. What do you like doing better? Oh, hunting or fishing? That's a tough one. Um, you know, <laughs> I fish professionally for redfish. And oh, you do? I do. And so that that's, that's kind of where I really get to do a lot of ministry is on the professional redfish trails. You lucky and, dog. And um, that's where... It, my job, that's the part of my job where I still get to go be a missionary. Mm-hmm. And I love being a missionary. And so yeah. I love getting on the microphone and sharing the gospel mm-hmm. at the tournaments, having those private conversations. I've baptized a couple of anglers at boat ramps before or after tournaments. And that is really awesome. It's that's the part awesome. of my job I enjoy <laughs> most. Um, and I love sight fishing for redfish, but um, it tends to, it has gotten so busy that it tends to always be work related. And mm-hmm. one area that I've really kept more personal is my deer hunting. 
and bow hunting. I got um, you. And so I think I find more enjoyment in that now are the deer hunting trips because it's not professional. It's where I get away from the job a little bit and I just get to go be an outdoorsman without the pressures of work and ministry and all those things. I, I really enjoy those moments. <laughs> I need them. I, I have to admit, I'm mm. a little envious of that. I I would love to come fish some redfish down there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just got to show up during the spring and summer. I'm, oh, I'm, man. I'm quite a bit. Um, but, you know, tournament redfishing. Aaron, let's make a trip. Tournament redfishing is not all it's cracked up to be. Everybody wants to get envious. But the thing about a tournament, and you, you said you fish tournaments. So you probably have. Oh, I know how it is. Is you have to go fishing when no one in their right mind would ever go fishing. Like yeah. when the weather is terrible and the fishing is terrible and the conditions are as you know when you launch the boat, it's gonna be terrible today and it's gonna be my miserable. fingers have been bleeding from yeah. holding the line because it was so cold outside and they've frozen, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um I've I've been out in those kind of situations <laughs> and where it's like we're stupid to even be out here. This is not yep. fun. But uh, that's tournament fishing, so uh, it's <laughs> or, interesting. Or I, uh, I was, we were fishing. I was a non-boater at the time, and um, we were going across this like I don't know, seventy mile an hour, and I, it, I, we thought my arm broke because I was so bruised from hanging on. Because you know, you're you're taking off with a flight of you know thirty boats, fifty boats, whatever. And you just, oh man, it, it rocked my arm. It, yep. You know, it's tough. It is nothing but work. I understand what you're saying. It is. But then there are the good moments where the fish do it right, even in bad yeah. conditions. And you come in with a big sack and uh, that's pretty special too. So it is. Or when you really figure them out and you mm -hmm. know you can call your shots. That's pretty special. That is pretty special. We got, I got to that point, especially my favorite thing. I, we fished bass, you know, when mm -hmm. I was fishing and, um, I could, I could almost always call my shaky heads, you know? Yep. Yeah. We get on those patterns sometimes <laughs> and we just go, we're going to go here. We're going to catch them like this. We know it in advance and yep. when it works and you have them that well patterned, <laughs> that's pretty nice. I like that. Heck yeah. I mean, we're getting, we're getting close to the end of this. If, anybody wanted to reach out to you brody and they wanted to start a chapter or if they wanted to see get involved um even as a even as a non-believer listening to this say hey i could get into that i want to be part of that community what where could they go to find you and mm -hmm. get a hold of your uh organization the website's good for basic info it's blastingcast.org just spell everything out but we're on Facebook and Instagram also. Um, I haven't been posting as much on Facebook as I, I normally do. I've been trying to take a little hiatus. But uh, yep. there, will, there will always be information about new events and open events on Facebook and on our website. Um, there's an email list you can sign up for too that we'll periodically send out a blast. But that's the best way for basic information. If somebody's out there that they're just – really interested in, in bringing a chapter to their area, then they need to talk to me personally. So my email address is all over the website. So you can find it on the website and shoot me an email. And Aaron and Marshall, have, I know y'all have my email address. You can pass it oh, out yeah. to anybody. Um, I, I'd love to talk to Most them definitely. and talk about what it takes. Because what we need, most, even in our existing chapters, maybe it's an area where we already have people, we, we need leaders and people who are willing to make a commitment to it and are really committed to reaching people with the gospel and not just willing to show up and help mm -hmm. at one event. Because I, mm -hmm. I can teach a monkey to cook and clean pots and pans. Right. But for someone to lead a ministry effort and be there and commit to people over the course of years, that's special. But that's what you really need to reach people with the gospel. And they are few and far between we have trained our christians to be spectators and not yep. participants and we need participants mm -hmm. who are willing to go out and do and uh, well and that's not what we're called to do as christians yeah. yeah yeah we we need to be in there in the arena making it happen and realizing who who it is that god really called us to be like who mm -hmm. did he make us like i, I just yeah. know i mean god made me an outdoorsman 
There's a yep. language in my heart that I can't explain. Mm-hmm. And I see things in the water or in the woods that other people don't see. And God gave that to me. And I just believe that if God gave that to me, then he expects me to use it to benefit and grow the kingdom. Exactly. Well, if somebody else feels like that, I can give you Absolutely. a place to grow the kingdom and you don't have to do all the business and administrative crap that goes with it. You just go be outside and tell people about Jesus, do the fun stuff. I'll do the Heck work. Yeah. Embrace mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Embrace that calling. Blastingcast.org. Well, and before we go, Brody, we're going to have to get you up here to Idaho. I know you don't like the cold, but you're going to find this. You're going to find this crazy, but smallmouth around here are like a trash fish. You can catch as many smallmouth. And I'm telling you, it is the most fun to get out on these rivers and catch a bunch of smallies. A smallmouth is on my bucket list. So I will take that. I've never caught one, never been on the lake that had one. They'll Uh, hammer it on these things, on these rivers around here. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. And we need some contacts up there around Idaho and Washington. I got some people in Washington who are very, Washington State, who are very interested in starting, but it's probably going to take a regional multi-state approach with leaders there. So you might know some people, you might have a legitimate excuse for me to travel to Idaho and come up and meet people. You better come visit. Don't think we're going to, we're going to, we're going to get off here. Brody, stay on here. We're going to discuss a little afterwards here. But, guys, thanks for listening on Dawn of Pursuit Podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. See you later. Hey, guys, and thank you for listening to Undaunted Pursuit Podcast. Give us a good rating on iTunes, good review, leave us five stars, and follow us on YouTube. Click that subscription bell. Keep up to date with the newest episodes. And don't forget to follow us on other social media outlets such as Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you ever have any questions, don't hesitate to email us at undauntedpursuit at gmail.com and go to our website at undauntedpursuit.podbean.com. And don't forget, if you like what you're hearing, go to Patreon, follow us on Patreon, subscribe to our channel there there's a small tier for donations any help any support this podcast is made possible by you the patron we thanks for listening we'll see you guys next time see ya